Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This isn't the case of somebody who is depressed or has suicidal ideations uh, going to a doctor and saying, I want made. It, it is... Uh, those people should, must and should reach out for help because those kinds of conditions are eminently treatable and as a society we need to put more work into that. The uh, voice of the Justice Minister, David Lametti. And as Global News reported, uh, the Trudeau government tabled that uh, bill which will delay by a year an expansion of medically assisted dying to people with mental disorders as uh, their only underlying condition. So the expansion of the bill is going to be delayed until the 17th of March, 2024. We've talked a lot about medical assistance in dying, and we will again tomorrow. We have a guest who will be joining us who faced that very reality within his family and uh, recently. But we've, we've talked a lot about medical assistance in dying. We've talked to patients who wish to exercise that option, and uh, we've talked to lawyers, talked to politicians over the years, and uh, I can go back to 1990, probably 1991 or 1992, when I first heard of Sue Rodriguez, a British Columbia woman who had ALS and uh, was petitioning for a physician-assisted death. It was called assisted suicide in, uh, in those days. And uh, Ms. Rodriguez's case wound up in front of the Supreme Court of Canada. And on the 30th of September, 1993, by a five to four majority, the Supreme Court disagreed or did not allow um, Ms. Rodriguez a legal physician-assisted death, five to four. As I said previously, if it had been five to four the other way, our lives would be very different. We'd have a completely different perspective on medical-assisted death from what we experience and what we have now, how we see things. Chris Considine is one of Canada's most successful and prominent lawyers, and he represented Sue Rodriguez in that uh, groundbreaking case. And I spoke many times leading up to that September 30th uh, decision by the Supreme Court of Canada with Mr. Considine about uh, Ms. Rodriguez. And I still think to this day, so 30 years later, that uh, Mr. Considine had drafted legislation which would, in my view, have satisfied the parameters, the requirements, the, um, the humanity of choosing a physician-assisted death. Chris Considine uh, practices law in Victoria, British Columbia. He is considered one of the best in the, in the country and one of the best in the world. And... Uh, accomplished mountaineer, and he joins us. Chris, it's, uh, it's been a long time. I hope you're well. Thank you so much for the time today. Roy, it's a pleasure to be with you and your listeners today. So 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled against Sue Rodriguez in the case you presented before the court. Would you remind us, please, of the argument that you made on behalf of Ms. Rodriguez? The argument, essentially, was that a person who was terminally ill 
should be able to have as an option the right to physician-assisted death, if that person wished, in order to not prolong the suffering that they were experiencing, such as loss of dignity, pain, etc., as the disease progressed. Typical diseases would be um, painful cancers and bad cancers. We proposed, Roy, that uh, the patient would have to demonstrate that physical disease, that they were in the final stages, that there would be two physicians who would have certified that. The physicians would also certify that all options had been explained to the patient. And at that time, we also proposed that there be supervision from uh, an institution such as a coroner's office to ensure that there wouldn't be any improprieties. That was a tremendous amount of public interest and public in- input in this case, as uh, families actually started to talk about their own internal situations. And I ended up speaking with uh, people who wanted to physician assist to death and were hoping the Supreme Court would side with the uh, Ms. Rodriguez, do you remember what the prevailing opinion was in the country at the time? Yes, uh, it was. Um, the polling was showing somewhere between seventy-nine and eighty-one percent across the country were supportive of Sue Rodriguez's proposal. Uh, Parliament was afraid of it because we had talked to Parliament. I'd been to the Senate uh, hearings on it. I'd spoken, sent letters to the Prime Minister, but they were afraid to make that political decision from their perspective. On the other hand, the Supreme Court of Canada showed courage by uh, both the Chief Justice of the time, Chief Justice Lemaire, and subsequently uh, Chief Justice Bev McLaughlin and two other justices saying, no, it should be something that all Canadians should be able to have as an option. The reason that we lost ultimately was because uh, the justices who voted against allowing it at that stage felt that Parliament should deal with it. And, of course, Parliament didn't deal with it until 20 years later when they were forced again to deal with it. Yeah, I remember now that you mention it, that Parliament did hand it off. They just did not want to make the decision. And it was a political uh, move that they engaged. And it was it was inappropriate for them to act the way they did. Your conversations with Sue Rodriguez at the time, and particularly after the court decision, how did how did how did uh, how did that go, Chris? It was um, you know, Sue and I listened to the decision coming down, obviously, and she her comment was, "How is it that one vote should decide my fate?" And that was how she felt. Uh, I think also I'd like to just step aside for a moment and say how courageous she was. Because she had uh, led this uh, proposal, and she had decided not to go the U.S. route, which was the Dr. Kevorkian route in those days. Uh, and she very bravely went public because I asked her why, and she said, because I, I think that I'm a Canadian, that all Canadians should have this option if they wish to do so. Not everybody has to take it, but it's something that if they feel it's there, for them that it will may well relieve suffering for those who wish to have it. You mentioned Dr. Kevorkian. Uh, I actually interviewed him in, uh, I think, in the late 1980s. For people who were not av- uh, familiar with Kevorkian, he was a, an actual doctor. I, th- I don't know if he'd been a pathologist or not, but he, he drove around in a Volkswagen bus, and he actually ended people's lives in that Volkswagen bus, and he was, he was charged several times 
in in the U.S. and convicted. Um, what was it like for you as a lawyer to argue the case? Because I, I can only imagine that you must have become personally uh, involved. And, and I remember Sue Rodriguez being such a, as you said, very brave woman who who chose to be very public and fight for herself and fight for all Canadians. What was it like for you? It was fascinating for me. It was um, my grandmother had had ALS, which is the disease from which Sue Rodriguez suffered. It's a very debilitating disease because mentally and cognitively you're intact usually, but the motor neurons gradually cease firing to different muscle groups so that you end up being essentially paralyzed and in both in actions uh, as well as ability to swallow food, speak, etc. So when I met Sue and she asked me if I could represent her, uh, it was something that I very much understood what her future ultimate fate would be. Acting for her was an honor, but it, it was also unique in most lawyers' experience because you're helping to decide somebody's options and make and making sort of recommendations to the court and to the patient, which are really something that affect all of us, ultimately, whether it be for ourselves or family members or close friends. So it was something of a remarkable experience, uh, remarkable to work with Sue and so many Canadians who expressed support for her, as well as the media across this country. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the, the made legislation now and the issue as it exists and the uh, involvement again of Parliament and the debate to and froing, what do you make of it? Well, I'm glad that there's a good debate going on because it's important. It's such an important issue for all Canadians. I welcome the delay with respect to made for mental health at this time because we do not have adequate mental health resources across this country. And it will also, with bearing in mind the present state of the lack of resources in this country for help for those with mental illness, we uh, would almost set up a discriminatory type of situation in which those in the rural areas who have no access or very limited access to mental health uh, medicine and psychologists and psychiatrists would be uh, felt left as more in despair than those in the cities who have perhaps more access. So I think it's very important to make sure that the options are in place for those with mental health illnesses before they necessarily make a decision to take the main route. As you know, in the physical illness side, the options are explained often to a person in terms of um, carrying on, living, what sort of treatment options are possible to prolong life, etc., as opposed to having made, so they're properly informed. In the mental health field, it's a much different situation. In addition, we will need the physicians to be really good gatekeepers for mental health issues, and consequently, I think there needs to be really good uniform standards across the country. From what I gather, those are not really in place yet. We just have a few seconds, uh, Chris. Patients who wish to die with assistance, they'll find a way. Yes, they will, and Sue Rodriguez did. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.